Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. This is the Build Your Network Podcast, episode 381. Hey, this is Daniel Blue, founder of Quest Education. And if you want to learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network podcast. I'm here with my boy, Daniel Blue. Daniel is the president of Quest Education, a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, pay off high interest debt, and use self-directed retirement accounts to invest in alternative assets. With over 10 years of educating small business owners, Daniel has a knack for helping individuals get creative with their finances that leads to life-changing results. He's also a member of the Forbes Finance Council and is one of the top speakers in the financial industry. I can't wait for you guys to learn from Daniel. He's become a good friend of mine here in the last uh, uh, couple of months just because we live in Vegas, being able to hang out on, on multiple occasions. And he has a thriving business here that uh, helps people get access to uh, to funding and capital without having insanely high interest rates and all these other crazy stipulations and requirements that other things have. So I'm excited to get into that conversation. But first, really quickly, if you're listening to this and you are a six or seven figure business owner and uh, you've been uh, wanting to get in on the buzz with about all the podcasting stuff that's going around, but you just don't have the time. Maybe you just don't have the resources or don't want to take the time to figure it out, or um, you don't want to dedicate certain members of your team to figuring this thing out. Um, then 
think about having me and my team uh, jump in and create a podcast for you. That way you can do what you're really good at, which is servicing your, your ideal customers, your ideal clients. Um, and then uh, we can do what we're really good at, which is producing high quality content that converts um, listeners into your ideal clients. So um, if that's something that you are interested in, in the least, at least just have a phone call with me about it. Head over to travischapelcom slash make my podcast. That's travischapelcom slash make my podcast. And, uh, we'll, there's just a quick application there. Once you get that, we get a notification. We'll set up a quick call and chat to see if it would be a good fit for us to build a podcast for you. Uh, so that's travischapelcom slash make my podcast. Daniel, what's up, bro? Thanks what is up, me. man? Yeah, thank thanks for you, coming uh, on the show. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Of course, of course. As you know, just a little bit of context for listeners, uh, you and I met uh, back in like September, October timeframe, and I was gearing up for Build Your Network Live, which was my first live event. And uh, Daniel actually ended up being one of the sponsors for that event and uh, got a couple clients from it that were also previous clients of mine. And I talked with them and they basically said that, uh, that uh, working with you and your team was amazing and that the process was super seamless. Everybody did a really good job. And so um, it's uh, confirmed the fact, you know, that, uh, that I want to c continue to send business your way. Um, if that's how you guys take care of people. So uh, walk us through a little bit just before we get started into more of your story, walk us through a little bit about what quest uh, education does. Yeah. So the, our mission, our motto is really helping people understand strategies and, and financial techniques that their CPAs or financial advisors have not gone over with them. I can't tell you how often we talk to someone that's 40, 50 years old, maybe younger, and uh, they have not been exposed to a lot of the financial strategies that, that we teach and helping people understand that they actually can access money in their 401k, in their IRA with no penalties, no taxes, and, and use that money to benefit them, not just their financial advisor, not just Wall Street, not just the IRS. So really, really just being able to pull back that curtain and help people see what really is going on and, and the possibilities that are out there. Like who would you say would be your like ideal client? Like somebody listening right now and you're saying like, hey, if you have X, Y, and Z, then you're a perfect candidate just to reach out and see if we can help you out because you know I'm excited that we can do it. Yeah, so one would be someone that is an existing business owner, has some kind of side hustle, maybe they're an LLC, sole proprietor, some kind of business activity, or you know, maybe you're listening to this and, and you're working that nine to five and you've just been dreaming about exiting that company. You've always just wanted to be your own boss, be the captain of your own ship and, and just have your own gig. And, and you're really, really close to starting your business, but maybe the finances aren't quite there. You know, if you are wanting to start a business or you're an existing business owner and you have an existing IRA or 401k, we're going to show you that the IRS actually will give you more possibilities, a bigger ceiling with your retirement accounts. And that, that's the biggest benefit in working with us is, is saying, hey, entrepreneur, or hey, soon-to-be entrepreneur, you've got this IRA and 401k, and, and you were thinking you could never touch this money. That money would be there when you get old, or if you did touch it, you'd have to pay 30 40% in penalties. Like That's a myth. That is not true. So we really just help people understand they actually have a lot more control over the retirement money than they actually think. Yeah, I love it, man. And there's so many different ways that that uh, that you guys do that. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, "Man, how do I figure out how I can get these things?" What would be the best way to contact you and the and the um, the company? Best thing would be to yourquest.com. So it's yourquest. While you are yourquest.com, and we've got some videos on that website. 
You've got a lot of testimonials. We've got clients in all 50 states. Beautiful part about what we do is everything that we do is over the phone. So, you know, we're not here to just jump on the phone and, and sell you stocks or sell you insurance or real estate. Really, it's just getting you on the phone and understanding where you're coming from, what some of your goals are, and, and see how we can get you from point A to point B. So jump it on our website. There's a contact us form. That way we can reach out to you and, and have one of our specialists jump on the line and really just help you see some of the options that are out there to get you more results. Sweet. So yourquest.com, if you're listening to this and any of what we've just been talking about is something that you want to check out, then head over to yourquest.com, fill out that quick form and jump on a call with Dan's team. So um, listen, bro, I, I want to chat with you a little bit more about kind of your story, what brought you to the point that, uh, to what you're doing right now. So uh, let's take it back, like junior high, high school. Talk to me about like, you know, 12, 13 year old Danny, what were you up to? Like, what were your likes, dislikes, interests, things like that? It's funny you use the that age. When I turned 12 years old, I had a bunch of acne. I was going through, you know, puberty, and yes. my parents got divorced, and mm. that just crushed me because my dad actually ended up moving to Mexico, and he never came back. He still lives there to this day. So that was pretty much the the moment where my life started to go downhill. Uh, because I had a lot of questions and no answers. Like one, why did he leave? Two, why didn't he tell me? And three, like, why didn't he come back? Right. Mm. So, you know, my dad was the breadwinner of the family. Now it's just my mom. It's, you know, working her tail off to put food on the table. As you know, California can be really expensive. So we just really, really struggled financially. And you're down actually, in like Orange County area too. Uh, Oceanside, San Diego Oceanside, County. Yeah. yeah right. So it's it's pretty pricey down there. Yeah. And uh, things got pretty pretty bad. You know, we lived in a hotel for a period of time. But uh, I got nothing but respect for my mom because she never uh, embodied a victim mindset. She never talked smack about my dad in front of me. Um, she just put her head down and worked. And uh, things got really bad, though, because in middle school and high school, you know, I'm ditching school. I'm, I'm using drugs. I'm just really, really going downhill. And I remember right before I turned 17, my mom's like, hey, if you want to graduate high school and, and not be dead and not go to jail, like you need to make a change. You need to get out of Oceanside. And uh, we talked about a change that I could make. And one change was moving to a little town in Utah called St. George, Utah. And uh, when I turned 17, I, I left the home. I moved to St. George, Utah, had no family out there, and ended up going to high school out there and graduated. Hmm. And uh, so that was, that was really a, a big success. Why, why St. George? We actually had a friend that lived okay. there. And the friend um, was nice enough to allow me to stay there for a period of time. Hmm. So I moved there. I stayed at, at their house. What was cool, though, is the credit system in California was different than Utah, where when I moved to Utah, I only had to take four classes. And it was just English, world history, and I think one other class. But where I'm going with all of this is I was actually able to get a full-time job at high school. Oh, so wow. I actually got a job as a roofer. I'm making $17 an hour. And I'm thinking I'm a baller, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. 17 years old, you know, making that kind of money. I'm like, yes, I've made it. Yeah. And uh, I was able to move out and I uh, got my own place. So I was like the cool kid because I was the only kid in school that had his own place. Yeah. And, uh, and, and real quick too, sorry to uh, keep interrupting, but was, was your dad at all involved with in any of this? Or was like he was once when he was gone, he was just gone. Yeah. Like, do you talk to him now or, you know, part of the, journey I've gone on is learning how to forgive. And uh, 
you know, we, we, we talk now and, and there's love, you know, he still lives there and uh, there's no hard feelings because I look at it as it was a gift. Like God had that happen for a reason. Like he had me grow up not having a dad show me how to tie a tie, you know, not having a dad show me how to, you know, change the oil, right? All the things that dads do with their kids. Like I, I didn't get that. Mm. That made me that much closer to my mom. And uh, our relationship is like super, super tight. I mean, you, you were with my mom and myself, we were hiking last weekend, you know, mm -hmm. like that's, mm -hmm. that's like my best friend. That's my mom. That's my dad. Like she, she's everything to me. And um, really the turning point though, for me was once I had a kid, um, you know, when I was 18 years old, I ended up getting addicted to Oxycontin because I never forgave my dad. I still had a lot of resentment. I was still trying to find myself and I, I wanted to do something to, uh, cope with you know my anxiety and my depression and and kind of mask everything because I had my own demons I was battling so I got sure. addicted to, to oxycontin ended up having a kid at 19 and, and once I had my daughter at 19 that's when I realized I remember holding her in my arms and that's what got me clean that's what helped me overcome addiction but then as I'm holding her in my arms I'm like man, this is my blood and yeah. uh, my dad's my blood so there's really no point of, of harboring resentment because that's just hurting myself. Like I, I need to move past that. Yeah. So I found some peace. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Do you remember, um, do you remember the first time that you like got Oxy? Was it, was it the prescription or something like that? Or was it very much like from the very beginning with the intention of using it as an escape? So anyone that's been in high paced, high pressured sales knows that when you work for companies, there is a chance that some of the top sales guys are using, right? Mm. Whether that's alcohol, whether that's 
uh, cocaine or, or other stupid drugs. Uh, so the, the company I worked for, like all of the hitters, all of the top salespeople, drugs were uh, a problem. Drugs mm-hmm. were all over the, the office. So I went to lunch with one of the guys, 18 years old, super impressionable, trying to fit in, trying to be cool. And they started using uh, Oxycontin during lunch. And I remember I used Oxycontin, I actually threw up that, mm. that very first time I did it. Really? I was, it was so intense, but then I did it again the next day and I never looked back and I, I used yeah. every single day for about two years. So was, there was no injury. It was just me being an idiot. Yeah. What would you say was the most difficult part about getting off of it? <sighs> the withdrawals were pretty bad. It, it's a, a feeling of, of, like think about a really bad time where you had the flu. Yeah. A really, really gnarly flu. You're getting sweats, your stomach, you know, it's coming out of both ends, right? Not to get too graphic, but it's 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 you feel really sick. So you feel like that for a couple of weeks, but then the hardest part isn't so much of the physical withdrawals. It's okay, three months from now, six months from now, life is gonna throw a curveball at you, right? Life is gonna test you. You're gonna go through a challenge, adversity. How are you gonna respond? Because when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, when I was dealing with issues, I would just use, right? That was my coping mechanism. So yeah. learning how to deal with adversity without a substance, that, that was a challenge. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that you had gotten into sales. So you were doing roofing for a little while. It just seems like just for about a year or so yeah. from 17, 18. Um, what, what got you into sales? Like, how did you even jump into that world, especially from roofing? It seems like a huge jump. I got so lucky, man. There was a, a friend that I had. She was a cheerleader at a, a college I, I was going to. I actually went to college just because society told me to, right? We were all told to go to college. So I go to college. I'm playing soccer. Once soccer's done, I'm like, why am I in college? Like, I have no idea what I'm going to college for. I had no, it's not like I wanted to be an engineer or a lawyer. Like, I was just showing up. And yeah. initially it's just, I wanted to play soccer. So anyways, I meet a friend, she's a cheerleader. And at the same time, the reason why I say that is because I'm playing soccer, she's a cheerleader and we end up being friends. And she invited me to a, a party and the, it was a Halloween party. I still remember this, the Halloween party that she went to was her cheerleading coach's Halloween party. And the cheerleading coach, her husband was a big shot sales guy. So I remember I went to his house for this party and uh, he, he was wearing like an Afro, like disco. That's what he was characterized. That was his mm. costume. He had like the low cut, like disco suit. And, you know, he was just really, really friendly. And, and we started talking and I remember looking at his house. His house was really nice. I'm looking around, I'm like, dude, what do you do for a living? He's like, sales. Hmm. Okay. And he's like, what do you do? I'm like, I roof. He's like, you like it? I'm like, no. He's like, you want a job? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, looking around, yeah. <laughs> so I show up at the office the next day. and all The next guys, day, really? Yeah, all of these guys are on headsets. And, and they're just walking around pitching. And, and I saw BMWs out front, Mercedes out front. Like I see all these nice cars. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are selling, but like, like I'm I in. want in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. What was the product? Real estate coaching. So it was uh, oh, okay. flipping houses, gotcha. uh, tax liens, tax deeds, so real estate uh, coaching services. Was it like a, a seminar that traveled and like, where, where, did you have a bunch of incoming leads or outbound? In, or? Infomercial leads. So it was a $39 okay. do-it-yourself program, right? So, $39? Yeah, $39 wow. do-it-yourself program. So we would call those leads and upsell them uh, coaching. Oh, gotcha. So, was, so was, you were, you were, you were 
calling the customers, people mm-hmm. that were already customers yep. and upselling. Yep. Yep. They, you know, Bob spent $40 one night, two o'clock in the morning. He's looking to improve his situation, make more money. And then we give him a call and, uh, you know, give him a hard close over the phone, trying to, you know, gotcha. persuade him to purchase more services. And how long did you do that for? Like, were you pretty much hooked from the beginning? Like yeah. as soon as you started? Yeah, I, uh, I did that for, shoot, I'm 30. I did that for six years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was like your initial, your real initial, you know, stint into the world of sales business and really the fir- entire first part of your career. Yeah. Sales is, uh, is what taught me. I feel like the principles I have in business and, and dealing with employees and, and, and revenue and operations, a lot of that was, was started, you know, at a young age, 18, 19 years old, cold calling people, setting deals, closing, and then just moving up the ladder. Okay, so this one has been a long time coming, and I'm excited to announce the launch of my new company, World Class Media. I've been doing podcast coaching and consulting for individuals and businesses for the last couple of years, and over the last few months, I just haven't been able to keep up with the requests. So in order to serve more people, I've decided to stop taking on coaching clients and start an agency that creates a done-for-you podcasting solution, as well as monthly production and repurposing services. So if you are a business owner, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, real estate investor, whatever it may be, then a podcast should be the most powerful business development tool in your arsenal. Imagine having something that is constantly engaging your ideal client, even when you're sleeping, or that allows you to connect with the top people in your industry to build your network and establish credibility, or that allows you to help listeners that are currently outside of your sphere of influence, or that helps you get book deals or speak on more stages or create content once that we can repurpose and distribute across all the platforms for you. That is the power of a world-class podcast that's done the right way. So if you're interested in starting a show, but you just don't have the time, the resources, or desire to figure out all the tech stuff, the hosting, the equipment, the platforms, the production, then you just focus on what you do best, which is serving your clients and running your business. And then let my team focus on what we do best, which is creating world-class chart-topping podcasts. Let's at least hop on a call and chat about it because I'm fairly picky with the people that I work with. And I only work with people who I genuinely think are going to be able to absolutely crush it with a new show. So head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. And we'll chat real soon. Talk to me about top two or three lessons you took away from, you know, really cutting your teeth on the phones like that. One would be, you can't take things personal. You, you have to make sure that you know that reset button. And, and that's why I think there's a lot of parallels between sports and sales, right? Like mm-hmm. sports, you can't rest on your laurels, right? Like just because you won last week doesn't mean that this game, this other team is going to just roll over like you got to show up every single day right you lost or you won like you have to reset and 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 give it your all and you got to have short-term memory because if you get too low then your confidence is jacked and and you're just you know messing up what could happen and and there's there's things that are going to hold you back from becoming successful because we know how big of a a deal our mindset is but then if you are winning and and you're too cocky and overconfident then you know we know what can happen there so that's number one is, is dealing with rejection. There's going to be days where you make no sales. There's going to be mm. weeks where you have a crappy week, but how are you going to finish that month? Right. We, we know how many times, I mean, shoot, look at the Patriots a couple of Super Bowls ago, right? They were down big first half, second half, they come back and win. So to me, there, there's that long game and, and being able to take rejection. So yeah. that would be number one. And then number two would be 
how can you make other people better around you, right? We all have worked around salespeople that are just like phenomenal salespeople. Like they, they can close like no other. They're just putting up money left and right. But are they making other people better around them? Can they mm-hmm. lead people, right? Because I think that's the biggest difference between a badass 1099 sales guy that can get a job anywhere he wants and someone that's a salesperson that actually becomes a business owner and runs a business and leads a team. Because you got to have both skill sets to be able to scale a business, lead others. Of course, sales is a part of it, but how are you making other people better? That's, that's mm. huge. Yeah, that's a huge takeaway, Meg. I never thought about it like that because obviously all my listeners know that I started in sales as well on the doors. So I think, you know, those are probably two of the hardest forms of sales right there would be door to door and, and uh, cold calling. And uh, there's so many things to take away from that. But that's one thing that's an interesting point that you bring up because, you know, there's so many people that uh, were at that company before I went there, uh, you know, and then they're still there to this day doing the same thing, like still doing that daily grind of hidden doors and things like that. And um, I look back at that and it just kind of makes me ask the question, like, man, was I just not cut out for sales? Like, I don't like what, what, how come I got fed up with it as fast as I did? And it had to move into like a different form of entrepreneurship in order to make it happen for me. But like that person can just like go every day for like the last decade and just be like hidden doors, hidden doors, hidden doors. And ultimately that probably is one of those big reasons because like I did it also to enrich the lives of people around me um, and spread the opportunity, not just to like do it for myself. And, and, and when I look at a lot of those other people, they were always individuals. They weren't trying to build teams. They weren't trying to recruit. They weren't trying to train or manage. They just wanted to go out, get theirs and then go back home. And, and yeah, so, so maybe, maybe, maybe that's one of those you know, big common denominators between you know, somebody who stays in sales, which nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, def- definitely a different path than the one that I decided to pick. Yeah. I mean, in, in the same time is like, how well can you play with others? Right. Are yeah. you inspiring the people around you? Are you able to get other people to, to shine and, and allow them to shine? Cause salespeople notoriously have huge egos, right? We yeah. all have egos to, in a, to a point, but we all know those salespeople that just every deal has to be theirs. It's all their credit. And, and what you mentioned earlier is important. They're not willing to, to do the little things that don't show up on the scoreboard, like mm-hmm. recruit and train. But actually, it does show up on the scoreboard because if you can have more people around you that are working together to help you get more deals, you're getting them more deals. And it just actually makes your check bigger. But I think yeah. a lot of it. And it's more fun. Too. Yeah, for sure. For, for me, that was the biggest thing is like, I just like having a good time when I'm working and not yeah. just like doing my thing, you know? So um, I, I just liked having my friends with me and I, I wanted to see my friends be successful too. And I, I felt like I found a vehicle and it was bad of me to not share that vehicle with them, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, super interesting. So talk to me about the role that sales played when you decided to start your own company. So I think in the stages of sales, right? One, what are you selling and who are you selling it to? And how are you going to generate revenue? Right? Like revenue is like the most important driver in all businesses, right? Yeah. It's going to get things started. Sure. But what I see a lot of companies do, and I'm just saying this because of experience, is you wing it, right? You're you're talented in sales, you're relying upon raw talent to get you results, mm-hmm. but it only can get you so far. So because of sales, being able to get on the phone and, and drive revenue and solve problems and help people and then being able to lead others gets us to a point where, okay, I can train other people. I can do this podcast with you right now. And I have a sales team that is driving revenue. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the step one. Like you have to be able to 
duplicate yourself, right? Because if everything has to go through you and all of the appointments have to go through you and no revenue can be generated unless you're the one taking the call, like you're only going to be able to scale your business so far. So to, to, for me, I could have gone down the road of getting a degree in business and, and shoot, maybe getting an MBA, getting a degree in, in, in business and management, like it would serve me. But I feel like the degree that I got was sales. Right? Yeah, right. And, and, and you can't go to school and, and learn how to get hung up on or learn right. how to get yelled at, right? I mean, you got hung up on or the door slammed in your face and people yelling at you. And then you got to be able to, to, to take that rejection and just start fresh the next door. The next door. Yep. Exactly. And, and other people would just get demoralized. They don't yeah. teach that in school. So that was my school. Yeah, for sure. I'm hundred percent on board with you there. That's uh, why that's one of the reasons I tell people that I think uh, I've seen a quicker path to success with the, uh, the podcast and the online business and coaching and consulting and um, you know, some of the done for you services that we do was just because anytime I wanted to test something out that was new, I didn't have to worry about building a website. I didn't have to worry about marketing it a ton. I didn't have to worry about accounting. I didn't have to worry about profit or I didn't have to worry about anything business-wise. All I had to do was worry about getting on a few phone calls and selling a few people. Yeah. And if I could sell a few people and deliver a good thing, then I knew I had something. And then I can go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, so now how do I like systemize this? How do yeah. I put a process in place that will actually start doing some of these things for me? And, yeah. uh, and but I think having that, ability to just jump in and start selling stuff, whatever it may be, just as long as there's value there, like I can sell it type of a mentality, um, has done, you know, wonders for my business. And it's given, it's, it really, it really, I think, bro, it gives me confidence to go invest more things into my business. Because I know that at the end of the day, if I took a big risk on something and, uh, you know, say I take several big risks on multiple things at the same time. And I lost all of the money that is in our accounts currently, right? Like I lose everything. I know that tomorrow starting from zero, I can just fill my schedule with phone calls and sell stuff. Like I know that. So it gives me way more confidence to be able to go out and take those bigger risks because you know, what's the biggest risk? The biggest risk is like losing some money that I have in my account. Okay. So what I put it there to begin with, let me just go do that again. You know what I mean? Like it just calls for a different season really quick, but it gives me the confidence to be able to like run the business the way that I think it actually should be ran. Yeah, no, I, I that's why I think the number one skill that you have to have, you know, when you're starting a business is, is the ability to communicate with others and, and sell. But at the same time, it's, it's all mentality. It's all mindset. Like how can you take rejection? I mean, cause that, that's, that's hard to teach. So many people yep. take things personal and let things just fester and they just don't move on. And I just have short term memory. Like yeah. at the end of the day, I just know, just like you said, okay, if I lose everything, like I know I can rely on sales skills. Like yep. I don't, cause you're not selling the product, right? You're selling yourself. Right. You just need to know enough about it to answer some basic questions. But I think the biggest thing that salespeople do that kills deals is they just talk too much. You know, <laughs> they, 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 they try giving way too much information and, and yeah. people, they don't. And, and I hear this from one of my mentors and I, I love the, the analogy is people want the house, not the mortgage, right? Yeah. People, they, they, they want the, 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 the whole drill. They don't want the drill. Like they just want the result. You know, right. like right. they don't really care how it happens, obviously, ethically and morally once, you know, we want it to be done correctly, but right. you know, people just want the result. They, they yep. want the, 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 the feature, you know, they're not so 
uh, they, they don't care too much about the, all the benefits. Like, okay, that's fine. But like, what, how's this going to help me today? How's this going to solve my problem? What's in it for me? How's this going to make it faster, easier, better for me? Right. Right. And if you can figure that out, then like I said, I think like, well, like you said, you, you'll always have the confidence to be able to go out and get the next deal. Cause like, if you lost all of your employees, if you like made a big thing right now, like, you know, that tomorrow you could just come back to the office by yourself and hop on phones and start closing deals and yeah. put, and just pump life back into your business. Yeah. And that's, that's all, that's always to me been a, such a great feeling to, to have that confidence behind that, to not have that be up to somebody else, like a business partner or a, um, uh, an employee or, you know, someone like that. Cause at the end of the day, nobody cares about your business as much as you do. So got to be able to, to have that confidence, but then also going from there, you know, you got to start, start, start trusting members of your team to, to build out a sales team, to build out operations and do all some of the other things that you guys have done over there. So, uh, talk to me about, uh, about that process. What was it like when you realized like, Oh man, this is, this is bigger than me. I'm, I'm going to have to start hiring some people. How does that process work? Yeah, I, I think one one thing that has to be in place first is like the ability to generate sales and duplicate yourself on the sales side and have a sales team. You can wing it to a certain point, right? You can, like you mentioned earlier, sell a few deals and then along the way figure out how to system systemize it and and, and be able to uh, get processes. Um, we got to a point where once we started doing over you know seven figures a year in revenue, it's like okay you can only wing it so much. Like if we want to hire and really take this to the next level, like we need SOPs. And I know most salespeople are like F and SOP, like just give me the <laughs> phone, dude. Like, yeah. Let me close this down. Right. So I'm going to speaking from experience because I, today I'm a lot better when it comes to organization and operations and systems and processes. Two years ago, like, nah, I would have been a little more closed off. I would have been a little more rigid or you know stubborn in, in my ways yeah um, but for us like we have to make sure that the operations are, are done correctly and I, I really really think it's important that we we let go of because the biggest problem that salespeople have is just letting go of control right we, we want to control everything we, we want to close the deals like we, we we love that right like we get a high off of a rush off of closing deals and making things happen and, and driving revenue but right. you got to let your team fail and and that was hard right because there's a deal that you could have closed you could have gotten you know the sale to go through but now you're letting that deal go to someone else on your team and they screw up the deal mm -hmm. doesn't go Right. And you have to go to bed at night knowing you could have got that deal. You could have closed it. And that deal didn't go through because Joe didn't lock it down. Mm. But that's where the, the teaching moment has to come in. That's where yeah. you pull that call and you listen to it with Joe and you say, Hey, here's where you could have said this instead. Right? Like the best way to, 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 to learn is to, to fail, to experience, yeah. you know, like for me, one thing I have to make sure is I'm managing cash flow. Dude, I didn't go to school to learn about QuickBooks and, and you know, business and, sure. and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I had to go through it. I had to look at my bank accounts and be like, Oh dang, I didn't transfer any money or Oh dang, I didn't think about this bill. Like yeah. I had to fail. Right. Same thing with, with your, your sales guys, with your employees. Like they, they have to fail, but there's gotta be accountability. There's gotta be training. Yeah. What were some of the biggest lessons that you learned about managing finances? Being afraid to look at the numbers, right? <laughs> like I'll look, I love looking at sales numbers, like appointments, closes, you know, sure. close ratio. Like, you know, for us it's dials and talk time because 
you know, probably for you, like how many doors did you knock on? How many houses mm-hmm. did you see? Right. We always have those, those basic metrics, right? Yep. So I was cool looking at those numbers, but taking the time to actually go through the PL, taking mm-hmm. the time to actually look at the expenses, where did we spend money? How much, what's a budget, right? Sales people are notorious for not having budget. It's yeah, like, for sure. Dude, why do we need a budget? I'll just make more money. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's just, that's only going to get you so far. Right. So, well, that's the difference between a salesperson and a business owner. Exactly. Right. So now I carve time out in the mornings. I spend time on the weekends, really, really just looking back at the numbers for the week before doing forecasting, um, you know, making sure I have a good account in and, and a good operations uh, you know, person in, in, in my ear to help me with reports, but I really taking it upon myself or I log into QuickBooks. I know how to move maneuver around. I know how to look at PL. I know how to look at, you know, how much am I spending on payroll? How much am I spending on marketing budget? How much am I spending on, you know, uh, software programs, subscriptions, like, you know, so just having goals and, and, and budgets in place and just spending the time, what, what you cannot measure, you can't improve. So how are you expecting to improve you're not measuring your numbers. Hmm. Yeah. Love it, bro. I mean, we got super, super practical here and it's, I love just kind of having conversations like this because you never know where they're going to end up. And this is not where I intended to take it, but uh, I think we've got some really good practical stuff, especially for people out there that are listening that are like solopreneurs, um, nine to fivers with side hustles or beginning entrepreneurs. I think that a lot of this stuff has been super helpful. So, um, I gotta shift the conversation a little bit and ask you about, uh, relationships and networking. You know, that's something that you're big on as well. Um, but this is build your network and that is a lot what we talk about. So, uh, this is a question that I ask every guest to move that question or move that conversation along. Uh, who you know or what you know, Daniel, which of those two do you think is more important and why? Oh, who you know all day, right? I'm, I'm living proof of that. You know, I'm a college dropout, come for money. I don't have a bunch of family members that own businesses. And I got to the point where I am today is because of, of who I know. And yeah. uh, so all day long, it's, it's who you know. How important is it for you to invest in your relationships, like actually financially invest? Oh, I mean, I think we had this conversation at the hockey game that we went to. I mean, would you rather spend tens of thousands of dollars a year into relationships, into masterminds, into mentoring groups to be in closer proximity to level up your relationships? Or would you rather spend that money on a nice car? Right. I mean, I think that's probably another reason why me and you get along. Like we drive practical cars, Mm -hmm. right? There's people that drive nicer cars, but we're spending way more money in mentoring than they are on their BMW. Right. Right. (laughs) But I'll, I'll make that, that deal happen any day. I'll take, I'll make that same decision all day. Yeah. It's the long term, right? Cause it's not, it's not like we're against driving nice cars, right? It's just like, uh, you know, uh, joining that hundred K mastermind takes my priorities and moves them around a little bit. And I, you know, I would love to have gone and got out my, my dream car. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's just going to lose me money. You know, it, it's not going to benefit. It's not going to benefit me much in terms of like helping my bottom line or helping me do better with my relationships. It's not really anything. It's not any of those things. It's really just for fun. And that's a pretty big expense for just a fun thing. And to reiterate, it will happen in the future, you know, and I'm sure you're the same way. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, I think that delaying gratification and investing in those types of relationships and those types of uh, mentorships and um, uh, associating with people like that and getting people like that in your network guaranteed because you joined a paid group that has a bunch of other people who also paid to be there. Like that's just the shortcut. 
You know what I mean? That's, that's the shortcut to the front of the line. And yeah. I'm all about those shortcuts. I hate lines. Yeah. I am with you, man. Living out here in Las Vegas, we hate lines. So let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move up. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Well, cool, bro. Um, listen, I know that you got a bunch of stuff to do. I know you got a sales team to run. I know you got a company to run. So last thing before we go, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? You know, there's a, a, a book that I read that I wish I would have read a while ago. Actually, two books. Uh, one is Traction. Traction is, is such a money book because it talks about just business structure, talks about just having processes and systems and, and being more clear on where you're taking your business. Hmm. Um, because the people that listen to your, your, your show, I know there are badass salespeople and, and they probably have no problems generating sales, but there is going to be a point where you can only wing your company to a certain level. You can only wing it so far. Yeah. Right? So traction helped us get better with our culture, our ability to scale, know our identity. I wish I would have read that book years, years ago hmm. uh, when I first started. And then uh, Profit First. Profit First is a uh, it's, it's an accounting book, but it's not as boring as you think because most yeah. people hate the word accounting. But it's a, it's a really good book. It talks about just different ways to Run, run your business as far as making sure it's profitable. Um, I think a lot of the people that listen to this that are solopreneurs that, you know, have those side hustles, don't spend all the time doing the books yourself. Like there is a lot of companies out there that can do your books for a, a low dollar amount. So you can focus more time on spending uh, that energy generating revenue. So delegate, delegate, delegate is, is something that I, sh- I wish I would have done, you know, a long, a long time ago. Yeah, I haven't gone through tr- I haven't gone through traction, so I'll have to go through that one. But I've de- I've gone through Profit First and highly recommend it. I did the audio version too, and Mike McCallowitz yeah. actually he's funny, isn't he? It. So yeah, yeah, he's a good yeah he yeah. does a good job. Not everybody's great with the audiobook stuff, yeah. but but yeah, he does a good job, especially with that type of like super dry material. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he he does a good job of of like kind of bringing it to life and yeah. things like that. So if you uh, if you if you have an Audible membership, then uh, I highly recommend going and checking that out on Audible or just get the copy itself. Again, whenever we recommend books here on the show. I always tell you guys, uh, pick them up as soon as you hear them, because if you let it go for a day or two, you'll just forget about it. So buy the book and uh, just add it to your list for reading so, uh, so that you can um, uh, see the, the results happen in your life. So traction and profit first. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the show today, my man. What's the best place for people to connect with you if they want to get to know you better or have some questions for you? Yeah, best platform would be Facebook. You know, I'm, I'm on there pretty frequently, uh, posting videos and, and content that, uh, gives a lot of value and then sense of helping people understand what we do and, and some just different tips and different ways that they could uh, see, see more, more results and have a better understanding of, of how we can help them. And uh, I'm more than happy to answer any DMs or any questions when it comes to IRAs, 401ks, retirement accounts. Um, I know those like the back of my hand. So if you need some funding or if you have some high interest rate credit card debt, the idea of tapping into your retirement account with no penalties, no taxes that appeals to you. Um, we're the experts over here and I'd be more than happy to uh, give, give you some information and help you out. So that's Daniel Blue, like the color on Facebook, and then uh, head over to yourquest.com for all of your inquiries regarding his business and what he does for entrepreneurs. Daniel, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show today, my man. I had a blast chatting with you. Travis, thank you again for the invite. Kristen, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today, my man. I can't wait to uh, be out there here in a couple weeks. Travis, thanks for having me on, man. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle 
Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.